listening to the Simply 127 podcast, an entire podcast devoted to all things James 127. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Fintress, and I'm so excited that you've decided to join us today. Welcome to the Simply 127 podcast. I'm very excited today to have my friend Andy Hart. Andy, thank you so much for agreeing to have this conversation with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, We're just going to jump right in. I have a couple of questions just for people to get to know you who might not know who you are. So to get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Andy Hart. Sarah Beth mentioned I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm privileged to grow up in a Christian home with amazing parents, then went to a small private Christian school in Arkansas and immediately started working for a technology company right outside of of college. And I have been working in technology sales for about 13 years now. And about five years ago, um, that job brought me to Raleigh, where I currently live, and I'm a member of Imago Day Church. And it's been a fun adventure in Raleigh. I moved here and did not know anyone, had never been here, and so it's been a huge learning experience in my life. You were just up for a new adventure and thought, let's Why move not? to North Carolina. Let's move there. never been. <laughs> I love it. Can you tell us a little bit about how your justice journey first got started? How did God first begin to stir your heart for the vulnerable? Yeah, that's a great question. So as I mentioned, I grew up in a Christian home in Memphis, but one of the things that the church I grew up in didn't really have a huge emphasis on orphan care, um, adoption, or, or anything like that. So it wasn't something that was a part of my daily life or daily conversations. But when I moved to Raleigh and became a member at Imago Day. The Lord really placed a lot of people around me that were champions for the orphan. So it really started challenging me to think outside the box of, you know, I'm a single woman um, and I don't necessarily feel called to adopt or to foster, but what are ways that I can use the gifts that he has given me to care for the orphan? So we've talked about how God really stirred your heart through other believers. And um, can you talk a little bit about the transition of you realizing and starting to question, like, how can I get more involved and what can I do to help the orphan? Yeah, so it started actually, I've, I've always loved working with my hands and doing crafts and things like that. And so one of my good friends, a fellow member at Imago Day, they were in the process of adoption and they were doing an online art auction. And so I offered to donate a couple of my pieces to be auctioned off. And we had great success with that. And she just challenged me after that, you know, you should start an Etsy shop. You should sell these. And so it was really just a conversation of, why don't you sell your pieces? Um, but I, I didn't really have a desire to have a whole second side business. I really had a desire to how can I utilize this um, to, to bring glory to God and to care for, for the orphan. And so and that's really how it started was helping raise money for her to bring her daughter home. And so um, that friend has kind of journeyed along with me through that. But she's really the one that kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. I would have never thought to start selling my pieces. I think we all need a friend that can push us out of our comfort zone sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So you have a full-time job and then you also have Heart Design Co. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, so Heart Design Co. is a company that I started about two years ago. 
Um, and all of it is custom made, handcrafted home decor items. So wooden signs, wooden trays um, that are hand lettered by me. And the idea is for them just to be an encouraging and uplifting piece of you know someone's home. But also all the profit is donated directly to a family that is pursuing adoption. That's great. And then how, because that sounds like two jobs to me. <laughs> how do you kind of balance everything so where you're still enjoying life when you're not working your normal job? (laughs) That's a great question. So I love my day job. And that is one of the biggest blessings, um, I think, in in all of this, because if you you don't love what you're doing, that makes life hard. And so it's a joy to be able to kind of put on my business hat from eight to five. And sometimes it's it's longer than that, right? But then also for me, um, just to be able to go out into my workshop and just create with my hands um, and do woodworking and paint is kind of my after work therapy and so I kind of joke that it's really not a job when you enjoy what you're doing and so I just enjoy creating and I think you know we're made in the image of God and God is the ultimate creator so it's really there's just something I think too spiritual about Mm -hmm. being able to just create pieces and then to see them enjoyed in people's homes and to see them used to serve and to be hospitable is a really fun side piece of Heart Design Co. I love it. We also have a friend who kind of coined the term hobby as mission. I think a lot of people talk about using your business as mission and not that you can't use your day job for ministry too, but that God has given you passions that he wants you to use for his glory and Who's to say that it can't be, you know, something like woodworking? Absolutely. (laughs) Jesus was a carpenter, so. You're fitting right in with Jesus. Uh, Would you mind to share just a couple of success stories or some of the families that you've helped? Just kind of in general, obviously no specifics, but how that's kind of spurred you on to what heart design looks like today. Yeah, so it's. That's a great question because we've helped so far, we've helped about four families um, and we've raised a little over $3,000 total. Um, We've been doing this for I guess a little over two years now, or right at two years. Um, so it's it's definitely has started off small. So it started with just helping families at my church in Imago Day. Um, I just saw a lot of families that were adopting, and there was just a need to help raise money. Adoption is very expensive. And so I just started helping and um, donating um, to these local families. And then we've kind of expanded out past that to um, other families that are connected to local churches that are in the process of adopting and just helping them. And maybe it's, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month, if that, depending on on the month. But it's been really fun to be able to bless these families. But then also to when I see these children, once they come home, that to me is such joy because I, I think that it's just a tangible way to see how you're, you're, you're helping. And I feel like um, those are in some ways like my kids too, you know, yeah. like I just, I, want to love on them and, and just love these families even after, you know, the adoption. So. I love it because it seems like fundraising is such an obstacle where people are like, oh, I could never raise that much money. Or it really is the body all joining together and working together to yeah, accomplish the task. So absolutely. you get to play a, a critical role in that. Um, what are some other ways uh, since your move to Raleigh that God has given you opportunities? We kind of coined the term tangibly live out James one twenty seven. Um, 
are there other ways aside from your artwork? Yeah, so a couple of years ago, um, the Lord really, I'd been praying for a community, you know, moving to Raleigh and not knowing a single soul was a big jump. And so the Lord placed a family, another family here at Imago Day um, in my life, and they actually moved into my neighborhood. And we just talked about what it means to do life together, to truly live out, um, you know, what the Lord says of just proclaiming his name. And so um, they are actually a family that has adopted four children. And so she is one of the ones that's really challenged me and opened up my mind to other ways that I can help live out James 127. But outside of Heart Design Co., um, that family, you know, we spend a lot of evenings around the dinner table together. You know, I, sometimes I need family time living by myself. And so that's just a joy to be around them and to be around children. Um, but then also I can, you know, they not only bless me, but I can help bless them and just caring for their family, watching their kids while they go on a date night or going on a medicine run or whatever is needed. It just truly is. I feel like that relationship with that family is just a, a beautiful example of gospel community that the Lord has blessed me with. And together we've been able to live out James one twenty seven. I love it. I love it. We talked a little bit before we hit record. We're both single ladies. So can you just touch base? I feel like there are a lot of single people listening. Maybe they're like, okay, one day when I have a family, I'm going to adopt or do orphan care then. So what would you say to someone who is in our phase of life um, and just kind of challenge them to, to be involved? Yeah, so this is one of my favorite questions because it absolutely is a passion of mine. I am one of those girls that, you know, and I think probably every Christian will say this, you know, life looks a lot different than what you had imagined it, you know, 10, 20 years ago, but I wouldn't have it any other way. The Lord has completely just overwhelmed me with, with my life and the blessings that he's provided. And so for me, it's, I would tell them, don't wait for the next big thing. I think as as women, and I know men too, but we're often waiting for that next thing, whether it's we want to be married or we want to have a child or we're waiting for a promotion or to be able to buy the house that we want, fill in the blank. And I am, the Lord has just shown me, you know, he has planted me here now. How am I going to use the gifts that he has given me right now for his kingdom and not wait on what I think the next step of my life should be. Yeah. I think God continues to cross your paths with um, moms who have adopted or bringing home kids or just kind of learning vicariously. Like I know you went to visit some friends of ours in Florida. Can you talk a little bit about just what you've learned watching families of adopted children and, um, you might need to think about this for a minute. <laughs> I've but learned I, so much. <laughs> I'd love just to hear a little bit about because it seems like a lot of your friends have, have walked this path and you've been able to just be a source of encouragement for them. Yeah, so I think that's the, the thing, the encouragement that you just talked about, but also the understanding that um, I'm, I'm not a mom, so I don't even, you know, I wouldn't even try to guess what it's like to raise a biological child, but um, an adoptive child has gone through trauma and, you know, often sometimes they've lived in an institution for years or they've been, you know, the victim of abuse or fill in the blank. And mm -hmm. so um, 
parenting and raising and interacting with an adoptive child is much different than a biological child. And so just understanding that and being able to have the type of communication with the with my friends and other moms, even that I'm not as close to of, is, the, is it okay for me to, um, your child is asking me for a, a chip off my plate, like something as simple as that, but that may not be healthy for, for that child. So really I've been blessed to have moms that have, I've been able to ask those difficult questions of, is it okay if I pick up your child, you know, and supporting them in the attachment for that child to his or her parents um, and not interfering with that. And so just, I still have so much to learn, but that's really been eye opening for me is just learning of there's just different needs and how can I support the child and those parents by understanding. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Andy and I hope that she's challenged you to think about what phase of life that you're in, what your passions, your talents, and your giftings are, and how God wants to use those in ministry. There's just a few more questions in this interview, but I thought they were timely and I just want you to think about and evaluate a couple of things as she talks about community, the importance of finding people you can be vulnerable with and that people that can hold you accountable. And I think the world that we're living in right now, um, just the need for community has really been magnified over these last few months. And I would just love for you guys to think about the the people in your life, who God has provided for you to kind of walk through life with, and just the importance of finding Christian community. So I'm wanting you to tell me one piece of advice that you would give someone who's just getting started on their justice journey. God's just stirring their heart. What is something that you would say to them? The biggest piece of advice I have is surround yourself with people who are already modeling James 127 or already modeling um, justice ministry. And so that while it may not have been intentional on my part, the Lord clearly surrounded <laughs> he me. He had a with, plan. <laughs> he surrounded me with people that were just pushing me out of my comfort zone, but also people that I could have authentic conversations with of what does this look like in your life? And I don't quite understand this. Can you explain, mm-hmm. you know, why you do this? Or, you know, you can just have those raw conversations that really challenge how you think. And then often when people get, if they're, you know, they get to know you well, then they're going to start to see giftings that you have that they can point out to you and say, Hey, here's a way that I see the Lord working in your life. And here's where I think that your gifts and your strengths can be used to work in this Christian community. I mean, there's so many positives, but I feel like surrounding yourself with people who are doing things different than you or challenging you. um, I, I love that, but I feel like it's also a place where a lot of Christians don't really surround themselves with people that push them. <laughs> well, it's we have to be vulnerable when mm-hmm. we do that and we have to be willing for people to say to call us call us out too. And yeah. so it's by far been one of the, you know, like I said, moving to Raleigh and not knowing anyone that is, that has been the biggest blessing in my life of just having people that are walking alongside of me and holding me accountable but also saying, "I see how the Lord's working here. You need to think about this of, you know, going to Africa on a mission trip. <laughs> yeah, that's your next nudge <laughs> off the cliff. Is <laughs> <Hitting it>, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you just tell us a little bit about how people can find you on social media if anybody's interested in ordering some art pieces or finding yeah. out more about 
what you're doing? Absolutely. So we have a website, heartdesignco.com, and heart is actually my last name, so it's spelled H-A-R-T, heartdesignco.com. That links to Etsy, and then we also have Heart Design Co. on Instagram and Facebook. And then if you're actually in the Raleigh area, we have a retail space at the News General Store that is formerly Vintage Village. It's off Durant Road. Um, So that's a place where you can go and buy a piece. I highly recommend the News General Store. It's awesome. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time, Andy. I just, I love talking to you and just excited to see how God's going to continue to use you. Thanks, Sarah Beth. I appreciate you having me. Check out our show notes at 127worldwide.org forward slash simply 127 podcast. And tune in next time to learn how others tangibly live out James 127 every day. Every day.